maybe what I'm going to do with you here in the next few minutes, maybe it'll be just a little bit of a kickoff for what you'll get later in the week. I want to talk to you this morning about three men. Three men who got converted. Uh, we'll read two passages. John chapter 1 be the first one. And then John uh, chapter 3. Three men who got converted. And uh, some things related to that. I do hope you'll come by the table over there. I brought three brand new books. And if you sign up for the paper, you may have any one of them. If you sign up for a year, any two of them. I'll talk some more about those tonight. But if you sign up for three years, you can have all three of them. <coughs> They're very excellent books, and I think you will find them helpful. John chapter 1, verse 40, 41, and a part of 42. John chapter 1, verse 40 says, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He, that is Andrew, first findeth his own brother, Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now, if you'll turn over to chapter 3, <clears throat> chapter 3, in verse number 1, we begin reading there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water, and that will be explained in the next verse, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And you say, how does that tie to the water? Well, the pre-birth state of every individual about to be born, they're encased in a, in a water sack, to put it plainly. And uh, that's the illusion in verse 7 when he talks about uh, born of water. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not. See, he's talking about two births here. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Must be born from above. You must be born a second time. Now, what I've read here uh, details the conversion of two guys. And back in chapter 1, I, if I'd read verses 43, 44, and 45, there would have been a third man. The first one, Andrew is the soul winner. He goes after his brother that we come to know as Simon Peter. And then the second one is um, Philip going after Nathaniel. And then, of course, the third one in chapter 3 is Nicodemus, who's kind of a big shot, a wheel in the, in the city of Jerusalem. And uh, he comes sneaking around by night because he knows there's something missing in his life, and he wants to talk to Jesus about it. So what we have here, in the first instance, with Andrew going after uh, uh, his brother, we have family going after family. In the second case, with Philip and Nathaniel, it's a friend going after friend. Now, 
most of us have family. They may be a third cousin twice removed, but they're still family. Most of us have family who are not saved. And if we have family that are not saved, we can put ourselves in the boots of Andrew and do what Andrew did. Uh, if you have friends, people you met out in town, people you do business with, uh, people that you golf with, whatever, uh, you can do like Philip and uh, go deal with your Nathaniel and do what you can do to bring him or her uh, to Christ. Now, if you notice in verse 41, it talks about how Andrew went about this. And let me just break it down. The verse says, He. And let me remind you that every person who comes to Christ will do so because somebody else who already knows Christ brought the message to him or her. So it takes a person. You say, well, I was just, I was just walking down the street and saw a piece of literature laying on the ground and, uh, and I picked that piece of literature up. It was a part of a gospel track and I read it and got saved. I'm telling you, the gospel track would not have been there except that somebody printed it, somebody paid for it, somebody uh, let it slip out of their hand, and it wound up there. There are people, a person or people involved every single time that somebody gets saved. The message has to be communicated from one person to another, one generation to another. Andrew, he, notice what it says, he first, first, um, not uh, five days later, not uh, after he matured himself in the faith, but he first, I mean, he put a priority on going to get his brother. Now, one, one of the things I've figured out over the years, when I lead somebody to Christ, um, after a little bit of instruction to, <coughs> to, <coughs> to tell them they need to get baptized and need to get in a good church, but one of the things that I invariably do, I'll ask them, I'll say, uh, do you have family who live here in town? Or you live here in the county? Uh, well, well, yes, yes, uh, my, my in-laws do, or my uncles and aunts do. And then the thing I usually say to them, I say, what, what day this week can you and I get together and go see your cousins, go see your grandparents, go see your in-laws? And invariably, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I'll, I'll get past this, I promise you. Invariably, invariably when I do that, the new convert will look at you and they'll say, almost bug-eyed, they'll say, you want to go see my family? And I say, well, you would like for them to hear about what you've heard about, wouldn't you? Well, well, well yeah, yeah, yes, I would. Well, I'll tell you what, let's you and I get together Tuesday night, Thursday at noon, whatever. Let's you and I get together. You, you go with me. You get me in the door and, and I'll take it from there. Now you say, how does that work? It works wonderful. Lost track over the years, just <laughs> again and again and again and again, seeing good results from that. You say, what's happening here? Just because a new convert decides to put a priority on going after their family. Now, whether you've been saved five minutes or five years, it doesn't, the time doesn't matter. Uh, you can do what Andrew did. He put a priority, and notice what it says. He first findeth, findeth. Uh, if you look at your English text there, that word find or findeth in just a few verses, it's four times. Every time it's the word eureka. 
Eureka. Now, we use that word Eureka in English. And, and here, here's the way we don't do it. Uh, <laughs> we don't say Eureka. Mm -mm. In fact, I saw a Eureka spirit here this morning. <laughs> all, all of this uh, fish fry and cake auction stuff. I, I saw Eureka all over the place. You say, what, what's, what's, the, what's the deal with the word Eureka? Whenever something, I mean, you are stirred up about something and, or you find something you've been looking for and you use that word, you say, oh, Eureka, Eureka. I mean, you're, you're not, you're not going to drag your way through that one. You're, I mean, you're going to be stirred up. And so what the verse says, he first findeth, Eureka, I mean, he, he went looking for his brother. I mean, he, he stuck his head in at McDonald's, Burger King, when, uh, five guys, wise guys, all those places. Oh, in Jerusalem, it was probably some bagel shop. He stuck his head in the door. Some of those guys that are in there every morning drinking coffee and eating bagels. Say he said, anybody seen my brother? Has my brother been in here this morning? He first findeth his own brother Simon. And then notice what he did. He saith unto him. That is, he opened his mouth and he told him something. Now, you know, I hope you will live a good Christian life. I mean, if you're a Christian, please, please, walk the walk. Talk the talk, but walk the walk. Live a good, clean Christian life. Please do that. But if that's all you're going to do, everybody you know is going to die and go to hell. Because the fact, the fact that you comb your hair, the fact that you brush your teeth, the fact that you're a nice person, nobody will know how to get to heaven. I mean, you, you, you can't, I, mean I, I can turn sideways. I can, I can turn around and let you see the back of my head. I mean, I mean you, you can look at me from every angle and still not know how to go to heaven. So in order for me to help my brother Simon, I've got to open my mouth and tell him what he needs to hear. And he said to him, Andrew said to him, we have found him, Eureka. We have found the Messiah. And notice what he did. And he, Andrew, brought him, Simon Peter, to Jesus. He brought him. Now, Pastor, I've, I've gotten acquainted with any number of your folks, if not by name, at least by face, and I've seen a lot of, a lot of you, I've seen you here before. Some of you are new, and we're just getting, I'm just getting acquainted with you. But I'm guessing now, I'm just guessing, I'm not throwing rocks at anybody, but I'm just guessing that in this audience, there's probably somebody already saying, Man, I don't know when I when I go to open my mouth. All right, here, here, let me let me help you. If 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 you're if you're struggling about reaching your own family, and you say, I just don't think I'm a soul winner yet. I don't think I can be a soul winner. Let, let me invite you to do this. Be a soul bringer. You say, what's that? Well, read verse 42 again. And he brought him. Brought him. I've, uh, <clears throat> I've had some of my folks who were struggling when I was pastor. They were struggling with doing what I was trying to get them to do. And I said, look, if you're struggling, that, hey, don't get frustrated. Don't get bent out of shape. 
But you got buddies, bring them to church. Bring them to the fish fry. Bring them to the cake auction. Bring them on Sunday night. Bring them on Wednesday night. Bring, I mean, bring them to the softball game. Bring them to whatever we got going on. If you will bring them, maybe some of the rest of us can win them to Christ. Well, I was pastor in Maryland. I don't do it now. I've gotten too old. <coughs> so they say. But while I was pastor in Maryland all those years, uh, we had... Uh, we had, a, we had a fast pitch softball league in our church. <clears throat> we had five men's teams. There were six other churches in the area that had a team apiece. And I played in that league all the years that I was there. I was the only pastor there, so I kind of became the kind of like the godfather of that league because I would insist that, hey, we're going to do this thing right. You know, no, no temper fits on the ball field, that kind of stuff. And, uh, but, but, uh, but every year, Every year, we led people to Christ simply because we were playing ball together. In fact, I saw to it that all five of our teams, I would see to it there were several good soul winners on each team. Well, they can hit or not, they're good soul winners. They're going to help us with some of these old boys that would get on the teams, and we insisted you play ball, you've got to come to church once a week. You say, well, you didn't. Listen, we're trying to make everything count. Trying to make everything count. There are Simons out there. There are Nathaniels out there. And in this case, Andrew was family going after family. The other case there is Philip going after Nathaniel, just going after a friend. Now, the third case here that I read in John chapter 3 is about another class of people that sometimes we just absolutely steer around them. You know, uh, I know you don't plow much snow here. And we don't get much in Middle Tennessee where I live now either. Except last week. We had two ice storms and then it dumped eight inches of snow on us. That's the most snow we've had there in the 26 years we've lived there. And it's kind of funny watching it. Now, I lived in Maryland long enough. I'm not, I respect the ice and snow, but I'm not intimidated by it. The fact that it's out there, it don't keep me from going to work. I, get, I mean, I did wait after daylight to go to the office, but, you know, just being careful, <clears throat> but uh, at the same time, I, I just, I chuckle a little bit whenever we got the snow because, I mean, I mean they're, they're plowing and sometimes there's a, something in the road, they just plow around stuff. Well, I'm telling there are people, there are people like Nicodemus that a lot of times we plow around. You say, why do we plow around them? Because they're a big shot. They're on the city council. They're on the county school board. They're a county commissioner. They're the mayor. They're my doctor. They're my lawyer. And, and they're, they're people that we kind of put up on a pedestal a little bit, and so, so we, we kind of plow around them. But in, in this case, Nicodemus, I mean, he, he is, <laughs> I mean, he's a prominent character, probably, probably a rich person, very likely. Um, he's, uh, he's well reputed in the area there. He's, he's a part of that group called the Sanhedrin. So he's, I mean, he's a wheel in Jerusalem. And he comes to Jesus and he sneaks in by night looking for an answer. You say, what do you do with somebody who is in a powerful position? Well, I tell you what you do with that, you do like you do with everybody else. You say, what, what's the deal with them? The deal with them is they're unsaved. They, they need to be saved. They need to come to Christ. You know, I get so, <clears throat> I get so aggrefretted. Don't look for that in the dictionary. 
I get so aggravated with uh, all of the junk going on in our nation's capital. And there's a lot of reasons to be annoyed, agitated, etc., etc., ad nauseum. But there are people there, and I know some of them, who are solid Christian people who are taking the punishment that they have to take, but they're standing up, they're doing what they believe to be right, and they're doing it every single day. You say, well, well, some of them got saved before they got elected, some of them got saved after they got elected, but they've taken the Bible seriously, they've taken their Christian life seriously, and you say, well, 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 what's, what's the rest of those guys? The rest of those guys that are off in the trenches doing wicked stuff, what's the deal with them? They just need to be saved. They, they need to hear what Nicodemus heard when, when he got to Jesus. <coughs> Jesus didn't say, now I, I understand you're in a strong position and I, and I understand you have all of these trappings. I don't read any of that there. Jesus just cut to the chase and he said, Nicodemus, the deal is you need to be born again. Now, what we don't get across sometimes is this, this new birth is a big deal. It's not a matter of joining Central Baptist Church or any other church. You say, don't you think people ought to be a member? I really do. I'm a member of a church in our city, and I love our church. I love our church family. Uh, I sent our pastor a note this morning. I was giving him just a little bit of... Uh, attention, telling him I was down in Central Florida where it was 87 degrees when I got here yesterday. <laughs> now, all of that, but you know, I finished my little text note that I sent him this morning when I said, and I, I told him that down here, I said it was absolutely tropical. And then I told him, I said, and I hope that our services today at our home church at Bellwood. I said, I, I hope the services there will be absolutely tropical and I'll see you Wednesday night. You say, what's this? I love my church. I love my church family. I love our pastor. Now, yes, we ought to be in church. But no church, not Baptist, not Methodist, not Catholic, not any, no church <coughs> is going to be the, it's not going to get you to heaven being a member. And I believe folks ought to get baptized, but, but you're not going to get there because you got dipped in water. Jesus said to a man who had almost everything, He said, you must be born again. You say, what does that mean? Well, there's another term in the Bible. The Bible also calls it saved, rescued. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. So this new birth, when you get what God does, he, he births you, admits you to His family, but you are saved. The Bible also uses the term redeemed about this same thing. Word redeemed means to buy back. It's like old devil got a hold on you. The Lord says there's a price to be paid, but I'll pay it to get you back. I'll pay the ransom. That's another Bible word. I'll pay the ransom. 
I'll buy you back. And that's what he did when he came to the cross, died on the cross. He paid the price that God said had to be paid so we could get into the family. Amen. Don't you love it when somebody else pays the bill? Absolutely. So the Bible says we're saved, we're redeemed, born again, and we get forgiven. That means we get a full pardon, folks. Full pardon. Now, you say, well, I, I hadn't robbed any banks and a lot of things I haven't done. Yeah, but all of us are sinners. And by the way, no matter how deep, no matter how far, no matter how, how down in the trenches of wickedness you may have gone in your life, there is nobody, nobody, nobody that is beyond the grasp of the goodness and the grace of God. Listen, I, I've perhaps have told it here, but one of the things that sticks in my mind, Betty and I made a soul winning call one night, and the lady invited us in, sat down, and the first thing she told us, she knew why we were there. And the first thing she said, she said, you can't help me, I am too bad to be saved. <laughs> and I just, I just looked at her and smiled. She said, she said, why are you smiling? She said, I just told you I'm too bad to be saved. And I said, I'm smiling because that's not the case. I said, I don't know how far down you've been and, and, and I don't need to know. But I said, I'm just telling you, whatever you've done, wherever you've been, however far down you have gone, the Lord God Almighty has paid the price and, and, and will provide for you and He'll save you just like He did me. Amen. And she did get saved. Amen. So, God forgives whatever the sin, whatever the sin, God forgives full pardon. Talk about the new birth that Jesus told Nicodemus about. This thing that's called saved and redeemed. The Bible also says, another word, justified. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1 So what does that justified mean? It means we're guilty, but God declares us to be innocent. Doesn't, doesn't mean we are just. It just means God declared us to be just. Just like when a guy goes to court, he, he's guilty of whatever he's charged with. But after all the procedures in the court, the judge looks at him and he says, uh, you're free to go. Even though the guy's guilty, he gets declared innocent. That's exactly what God does for us. We are sinners. We're guilty sinners. But God, through the mercies that He gives... And through the sacrifice of His Son at Calvary and the resurrection, He provides that justification that gives us a clean slate with Him. Amen. The Bible goes on to say that we're sealed into the day of redemption. What God gives you on Sunday, you can't, the devil can't get it on Tuesday. God seals you. When He births you into His family, He seals you. And that sealing, the Bible says, is until the day of redemption. So, we are sealed. Second uh, Peter chapter 1 says we are preserved in Christ Jesus. Uh, I hear some folks talking about, well, I'm going to persevere, persevere. Listen, it's not perseverance that's the issue. The reason any of us will go to heaven is not because we persevere and hang on and hold out. But it's because God who saves us preserves us. I remember growing up, my mama used to get blackberries and other things like that and she would can them. 
They would be fresh off of the vine when she canned them, and sometime in the dead of the winter, she'd pull out a pint jar of blackberry preserves. You say, why'd they call them that? Because they'd been preserved all of those months, and they were real great on the breakfast table. And you and I get saved, and we've got life left to live, and, and well, you say, I, I don't think I made it. I didn't do a perfect job. No, you didn't, but God preserved you anyway. He doesn't dump you out just because you can't be perfect. Then there's other terms. All of this in the Bible, and uh, it, it reminds us of what a big deal it is and what we get when we come to Christ. So, you know, when I, when I understand, I mean, there's other terms like propitiated and ransomed and adopted and regenerated. I had a go list up here. When I get to thinking about the fact that I got that the day that I said yes to Christ and put my faith and trust in Him, I mean, I mean there's no way that I can't be excited when I start talking to somebody about it. And so, in the spirit of Eureka, we go after them. Now, uh, the men and women that you support through your missions conference and missions giving, uh, they're going to be somewhere in the world. In our case, in our case, we're, we're, the, we're the printed uh, support for a lot of them. Just a week before last, I preached in New Zealand. But I didn't go to New Zealand. They have a New Zealand Bible conference. I preached Thursday. In fact, Thursday I preached. They, they put me on at 20 minutes after midnight, our time. Right from the Sword Auditorium. Just turned the cameras on like we've done here this morning. And I preached in New Zealand Thursday, Friday, Saturday for the New Zealand Bible Conference. And right now we're working to put things together for about 20 independent Baptist pastors that are there. And we're going to provide them a pastor's library package and some things like that. You, you say, what, 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 are, what are we doing here? Well, I'm telling you, that's what all of this is about. That's just our little end of it uh, and what we do to help them. And those guys, I mean, they're stirred up. They're excited about what's going on. And you and I, I mean, all of us, whatever capacity, whatever role we play, we can be an Andrew. We can be a Philip and go after Nathaniel. We, we can play the role that Jesus played here and talk to the Nicodemuses in our town. And the exciting thing to me is, <laughs> pandemic or no pandemic, I mean, the deal is, our, our world is in a mess. Our world is in trouble. Our world needs to hear from us. Our world needs to know that there's a God in heaven needs to know that the Bible is true, needs to know that there is a gospel that is real and that will work in their life. Amen. And you and I have the privilege to make that announcement all over Ocala, all over Marion County, Florida and beyond. And whenever we look at the great work and the tremendous uh, obligation that is upon Andrew and upon Philip and upon those of us who go after Nicodemus, we have the privilege to tell the old, old story and keep telling that. Amen. Listen, there came a day in response to several centuries of prophetic announcements that are contained in the Old Testament when God sent His Son. He died on that cross and arose from the grave to pay the debt the way God wanted it paid so that 
people like me growing up in those river bottoms in western Kentucky, back, I mean, on the backside of nowhere, but the gospel came down that dirt road and found me one day. Amen. And some of you, wherever it is you've come from, wherever, wherever, whatever your background is, the Lord God Almighty has made arrangements already so that you can be saved. And whether I'm talking to you here in this room or uh, via the, the cameras, listen, if you're not saved and if you don't know you got this settled, I mean, whether you're a Nicodemus, a Simon, or a Nathaniel, man, woman, boy, or girl, young or old, or in between, the amazing grace of God still works and it still gets the job done. And if you don't have it settled, I would love to help you with that this morning. Not putting it off till next week, but get it done now. Get it done now. Would you stand up with me? We'll bow together for just a moment. I'll pray briefly. <laughs> and then there'll be some music. There'll be somebody here at the altar to meet you. They'll have an open Bible and they'll show you exactly what you need to see from the Bible so you'll know you're getting this right. You don't have to take my word for it. You don't have to take uh, Pastor Bloom's word for it or anybody else. You can see what God said in His Word. So with our heads bowed for